Hey everyone and welcome back to the Class 1A podcast and today is an electric episode for season 6 episode 2 and it was a fantastic one. My name is Andrew Nimsgaard and I have along with you Dylan Beal and James Graham who will be your homeroom teachers for this episode that is continuing a great start to season 6. Before we jump into recaps or anything kind of like that guys, what are you guys feeling? Just two episodes in, season 6 getting kicked off. We feeling good, we feeling bad. I'm feeling really good, maybe a little bit horny, but pretty good. Oh fuck. I <laughs> I, I can't ask questions anymore. I have to be careful. No, no, don't about what do I that. Ask. Don't don't set them up. You can't you can't do that. It's it's one word pacing. It's excellent. It's wicked. I'm happy so far. I'm very happy. Yeah. It's doing a phenomenal job and to keep the pacing of this episode moving along. I want to just remind you guys, if you're looking for more of my Hero Academia YouTube content, go over to youtube.com slash class one A. We do a bunch of other My Hero content, including the manga recaps and the Dylan does an awesome in a nutshell video there as well, plus other anime content. But let's jump into a very quick recap so we can share all of our thoughts about what happened in this episode. It started off with Mirko continuing to be in the secret lab underground finally having the real doctor we believe cornered as Mirko says I'm gonna kick it to prove it um he does have another one of his little guys jump in front of him and the doctor does temporarily get away before releasing a whole batch of other high ends meanwhile kind of at the same time we still see Endeavor Aizawa and a bunch of other ones are fighting off a bunch of smaller gnomus and the hospital is being evacuated Eventually, a second group of heroes come under as Mirko is fighting this group of high ends after the doctor has gotten away to try. And finally, it looks like release Shigaraki, even though it looks like he's only about 70% ready. It seems like they're getting him ready because both of their tools of escape have been uh, are gone now. Um, during the fighting, Mirko pretty much taking on five, I think, four high end nomus by herself. Does end up losing an arm, but is able to rip off the head of one of them using only her legs, which is probably what Dylan was talking about earlier when being horny. Um, but going on to the outside, we do still see that uh, Deku, Todoroki, Ida, pretty much the core group we kind of see from the class 1A are all part of the evacuation inside of the city. So as the hospital is now being attacked, they're having people inside the city actually be moved out as well. So that's kind of where the main character's at. And then finally, the third group that we saw in this episode is actually the attack group on the villa. The second half of the heroes that they kind of recap the strategy at the beginning of the episode. Um, they are finally going in. We see Cementos pretty much take out half of an entire building by himself and everyone inside scrambling. We see Skeptic very worried about where Twice is and Hawks after kind of blaming this whole thing on Twice. Um, and then we do see an electric kind of one of the generals of the group. We don't know. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he does try to put out a giant blast. But Kaminari, who needed a little bit of hyping up, is able to take all of that and have an amazing moment to end the episode. And, of course, we did get a ship confirmation in there, but we'll be talking about that later. So, obviously, very high-level recap. Just since we only have two episodes so far, which one of you guys have enjoying more so far? Episode one or episode two? Ooh, uh, that's that's super tough. I it think I two really feels like we're getting fully into it. Like both of them have like the perfect like you were you were saying it before, James. But the pacing is incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're able to mix the conversations, moving the story along, and action all in like one episode for both of them. Which I think is incredible to do, because like usually with my hero, we have the waxing and waning of um, dialogue heavy episodes, fighting heavy episodes, and usually the fighting heavy episodes are always the ones that stand out, even though like 
the dialogue episodes are really, really important to the story. So the fact that they're able to blend those two in with both of these, they're able to keep that up for the entire season. This is might be might be the goaded season. It may be, yeah. No, I think if that's so, like because we we have it we have it fairly fleshed out for or like fairly well done for both episodes. It, it will be interesting to see if they actually stumble with this at all, and they they do go again, like you said, the waxing and the waning. Um, but it doesn't seem like. It doesn't like I feel like we already would have gotten that already. You know what I mean? We would like, especially with episode one typically being a recap episode, that's where we should have seen that the, the very dialogue heavy and stuff like that. And they don't give us that right off the bat. So, um, I think I gotta go for episode two though. I think I gotta say episode two is my preferred of the two so far, which I know I know we have very low sample size, but I think episode two is, is taking it. I, I will say I, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. We're gonna, we're gonna find some wood to knock on, um, but we're not having uh non-important flashbacks what i mean by that is we're getting flashbacks but they're to new scenes last season was riddled with flashbacks to stuff we've already seen before a billion times and so the flashbacks the scenes that are relevant but like that haven't happened before so they're new information is such a like breath of fresh air yeah Yeah, i just think they're doing flashbacks and just again i want to kind of comment on the pacing there too i mean we had a lot of like kind of little moments and lore in this episode on top of it still being very fast paced. I felt like it was action the entire time, but we learned a very little bit about the three different types of gnomos plus the high ends. We got to saw the backstory there. We saw Midnight and Kaminari talking for like a full minute and a half in the middle of the episode. And it felt like it was 30 seconds. Like we had so many small moments here and there that never felt like the action was doing it because everything's just kind of swelling and building. And you know that yes, they may be talking here for a second, but it's why they're running into a battle. Or while Deku and all them were kind of in the city, we had a fun little moment with Bakugo ringing a doorbell and yelling at people, but it's to get people out of the city. You know that city's probably gonna turn into a battleground in a couple of minutes. Like, you just kind of know that everything that they are doing is super relevant and building rather than, oh, let's just give this piece of information here, which they do that sometimes, or a flashback to something useless. It's all building, which I don't feel like we've had a ton in my hero academia recently i feel like probably overhaul like the shiaski arc was probably the last time it felt like everything built on top of each other other times it's kind of all over the place well now that's season three the four 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 four? what was no i thought four was gentle criminal and then three was shia what's that last season no that was four god oh my god it was season it was the first half of season I don't know. Oh, oh boy. God. I'll work on that. You guys continue <laughs> we'll, talking. We'll, I will confirm we'll, that. We'll fix it. Yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. A big, I, I think I wanted, oh my God, I just got like totally side railed by that. Uh, I think I wanted to get, I wanted to talk about a little bit though is like, I think I kind of got like, kind of got like choked up a little bit this episode, like because they were so well able to like interweave between like the, the fighting and building relationships and having like these like, kind of like intimate moments, but like not really, not going down the rabbit hole sort of thing and what i mean by that is anytime i'm gonna use deku as an example because he's like the poster boy for this (laughs) anytime they try and have these like intimate moments and stuff like that it's the same goddamn flashback every time with all might giving him his power it's every time we always go back to that right but this this is like new organic and like um like like i think I think Andrew said like it's like or no Dylan it was you uh like the, the recent flashbacks right it's building the, and then not only that but we're getting new flashbacks that were out of nowhere like Tokiyami and Kaminari just like playing the guitar vibing out you know what I mean like it's just it's just oh 
this could be a masterpiece. This could be. Yes. I'm just think. I'm thinking of the Homelander meme right now, where it's perfect, perfect. We're almost there. Yeah, and I just think they're Dylan. You mentioned just kind of even the pre-show too. We'll kind of move into some of our big kind of thoughts here too, unless you guys have another moment or two you want to discuss. But um, in the manga, a lot of these generals kind of felt like kind of no faces of just kind of flushing out, trying to make the army feel big. But even the electric guy, I don't even know what his name is. I totally forgot. I think we saw it for like a second. Um, I already feel more connected and like, okay, that's kind of a really cool character. Maybe we'll see him again and maybe him and Kamenai will fight. Like, it feels like that just has more importance than it did in the manga already, which could set up even more. We're seeing a lot of kind of little moments here and they're added. Some of Midnight's conversations have been added in. There's been other things added in too, so that maybe it'll give more people a chance to shine that weren't in the manga, um, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think like the big thing behind that that makes it feel so good is that this is a war. Like this is supposed to be a war between the heroes and the villains. And if we would have just gotten the villains we already know and like a bunch of just faceless people, it's like, okay, what's the, what's the actual point of this war then? Yeah. But the fact that there is like high-level villains just like randomly scattered throughout who like might show up just for a singular scene and then go away makes it actually feel like there's a lot of depth here and that there's like a lot of like it, it, a, a lot of mystery around like what's on the villain side and i i think that's what makes it feel so good not only that too um uh, I'm, I'm gonna coin the 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 new villain uh pride to electric boogaloo i think that is an, <laughs> an appropriate name for him like um you like yeah <laughs> that's why you like him yeah but like no we're even seeing that on the hero side too like we're seeing crust and like i mean yeah like cementos i know has like been around but this is the first time you've actually seen him kind of like offensive which is which is kind of rare he's always been this very like conservative like protecting the students more or less like very much that educator role but now to see him on the offensive and actually just like tear apart a structure like not effortlessly but like he like he literally just like took that thing and like opened it like a like a like a like a can you know what i mean like he mm -hmm. ripped off that entire front side so it's really cool to see not only these characters that are new but also pre-existing characters that are used in, di in a, like a different light i think that's like an, and it adds to it too right yeah i i completely agree i mean even like yeah mirko is obviously in the last two episodes got more screen time than she had ever so yeah. i think that that's kind of a thing so we have a couple topics i want to move into those before we do i want to confirm that the she husky arc was in season four, not season three, not season five. Uh -huh. It was okay. the first arc of season four. Um, but going into our very first fight, let's go back to Achi talking about kind of Mirko and the high ends, kind of having it be a little bit of the one. I know we want to talk no moves as well, but this is also really the first time we've seen Mirko do a full on fight. And I know Dylan has just been waiting years yes. to talk about this. Yes, I, th this fight is like everything I could have wanted and more. Like it has, it has everything that we loved about this fight in the manga, just it just building on it right so this was like a pivotal moment in the manga this is like this is the first time that miracle is doing really sick stuff it's animated super well it shows her emotions super super well she seems insane actually insane i love it it's so cool not only that but like the arm scene is brutal right it's absolutely brutal and there's so much detail in that scene like you they go to the nomu who's like crushing her arm and like you see like the warping of like space around like his hand very very cool detail um the the, the arm just like twisting incredibly brutal and then we get that shot i think it's like a scene or two after of her just like taking the belt and like she just has like a nub of an arm like I, like it, it I, I can't believe of what they're getting away with here because like last season they had so much like censored violence or whatever that like 
I, I don't know, it like almost feels like it's underscored here. Like the fact that it's been so censored before and now we're like seeing some pretty brutal stuff like Johnny getting absolutely annihilated. And like, Loki too. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm super pleased on the fight. Um, I just want more. I just want more of it. What else could you ask for for this scene, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think this was the big one. Sorry, James, go on. No, no, I was just going to talk about wanting to see her turn into a Beyblade more. Like, I think that yes. is like, that's a really, like, it's a really cool, like, I know, like, like, I know I'm like kind of like trivializing it a little bit by calling her a Beyblade, but I mean, like, like, you got to think too, like, with that quirk, how do you make that powerful? You know what I mean? And you just take the speed and just turn it up to 11, right? Like, that's how you make her so devastating. And we did, we did get like another, like, powering up thigh scene too, which I'm sure Dylan was absolutely thrilled about. Yes. Just, yes. Just, yes. Just, yes. just very much <laughs> but like it, it is it is really cool to see like these quirks that are so basic that could be bad that are yeah. turned in a in really interesting way right of where it's like okay how are we going to get like I, it's almost like a kickboxer type of of character like what can we do with a quirk that makes like kicks so so interesting and it's like oh we'll make a make a rabbit hero right like they're they're really fast they have really powerful legs um, it's such a simple concept, but the execution is perfect. Yeah, and I gotta take, I gotta just the, the Mirko character too. Like she's like, a, like just like the the her whole thought process of just being like, I'm just gonna keep fighting and like like I'm gonna die every time, and that just makes her just that much more terrifying. That she just like there, there's no like no no regard, and maybe there is like a rabbit like like parallel there. I don't know, but like I think it's a I think it's a really cool to again take like a very could be poorly executed quirk and making it not only super cool and interesting but also making the character like incredibly badass on top of it right yeah i i love everything about mirka i want more and i mean even with being an arm i think we'll still see her continuing to fight next episode because obviously she's still in there and shigaraki's still in there and doctor's still in there so i think we'll see a lot of that but something i do want to point out she doesn't need i mean she still has one arm so she can still punch once um, I, I guarantee you we'll see her use her other arm at least once next fight just to prove a point. Yeah. But something I want to point out between, so how they describe Mirko's quirk and Froppy's quirk, near identical. Everything that a frog can do, everything that a rabbit can do. But they added something to Mirko's that they have not added to Froppy's yet at least. They said everything that a rabbit can do, but better. And with Froppy <laughs> is just on the same level as a frog, they have confirmed that Mirko could do everything a rabbit could do, but better. Well, that was something I called out that actually went and found a clip of Froppy, and they do not say that for Froppy at all. So they're saying that a frog is as strong as Froppy. But um, that was just kind out. of a side thing with Mirko. But um, I, I did enjoy that because everything about her is fantastic. I think it's the character that all three of us have been waiting actual years to see her fully animated. Um, and I think it's completely paying off. Yeah, I do. Just just before we transition to, I want to give a big credit to them nailing the the VA for her. I think they like whoever like whoever their selection was, they pick they pick the right one for sure. Like you 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 get that like that. I don't want to fuck with this chick. Like from that from her voice actor so much. I, I did have one question I wanted to to pose to you all though. So the last time we saw a high end in action was Endeavor versus Hood. Um, do we think that Hood was an exceptional high end that was so powerful that Endeavor barely beat him with the help of Hawks? Or do we feel like Mirko is just way, way stronger for some reason? So they covered that in the episode, actually. So they said that it, after they had uh, 12 hours for high end to like process after being activated, while these ones only had instants. 
So uh, from what I they didn't go very well into it, but it seems like um since they're intelligent and kind of self thinking that if you give them time they're able to get stronger, maybe use their quirks better or something kind of along that line. So with these ones being instantly activated, I'd assume they're like a twelfth of the power or whatever of high end or whatever, but still a jump above the rest. So I don't think any of these can be compared to high end, and I think that's why they put that in there about like the oh he had twelve hours, these ones won't have as much time, but still be fine. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think Mirko could absolutely do it. But again, it comes down to Quirk skill sets too. I mean, High End could basically fly and had incredible regeneration and stuff kind of like that too. So it just comes down to like any other fight in my hero that if you have a good Quirk matchup, you could defeat the strongest thing or you could lose to someone much weaker to you if they just have a better Quirk. We talked about this a bit in pre-show too, where we were like, okay, so it's revealed in this episode that if you rip off, they're like a zombie. If you take off the head, it can't survive, right? And then it was, okay, who, what other like pro heroes could actually like remove a head? You know what I mean? Is it limited to America, right? And I mean, like Endeavor probably could, but was Endeavor really thinking along those lines? No. And I think the battlefield is a bit of another thing. We have like this, like, underground lab that like there's no like there's no real bystanders or anything like that so allowing Mirko to really go all out where if I remember right in the fight with Endeavor and Hawks against Hood like the surrounding was it like a very like it was a very like thing that he was conscious of I know we he was tearing apart buildings and stuff like that but he was trying to do a lot of that fight in the air deliberately right so we could mm-hmm. so he could go all out right which of course for a guy like Endeavor who can fly obviously is probably not ideal yeah, so I, I think it's cool, but I think they did set the power standard because and then it wouldn't make sense to take away from high end because Mirko is a number five hero. Like, if they were, if they did say, like, oh, these are seven more as high as strong as high end and, they, and Mirko kills one in the first episode, it just doesn't line up. So I think they try to set that power standard, but there's a ton of tubes in there. He may be the only activated a couple ones. There could be more coming later in. We don't know how long the fight will take. Um, so I think they'll try to use that time frame maybe between instantly activated and 12 hours to maybe give us an idea of like other high end power levels um, in the future, which could kind of be a cool power system that makes it pretty easy to understand. Yeah. I mean, while we're talking about Nomus, can we just like talk about like the, the lore kind of not like Lord Dump, but like the lore that we got behind them? Yeah. Because uh, like, I think for the first time, they actually started articulating the differences between the low ends and the high ends. Like, I, so let me see if I got this right. So I'm going to say this. Tell me if I'm wrong. So we have the low ends. They're like the big beefy boys, right? This is like the first no moves that we saw that fought all night. They're big and strong. They got regeneration, but that's all they got going. Then you got the high ends that are pretty intelligent and they're not as muscular, but like they can use their quirks really well. And then the medium ones are just somewhere in between. Yeah. So there's I think four levels of them. There's four. They only said three so in this one. They're split into lower, midder, and upper, upper tiers, and then high ends. So oh. I, I kind of pulled it up there too. So the basic kind of white light kind of skin looking ones are the lower ends. The more dark gray ones that shows like a bunch of arms sticking out of it is the medium ends. And then the one that fought all for all might originally considered an upper end. And then the okay. high ends, which is what is being fought this one are the intelligent ones. So what it seems like the biggest difference between upper and high ends is the intelligence because they made it very clear that the l- lower, mi- um, middle, and upper tiers all are have to be programmed to do certain things and be commanded. So would you then consider um, 
oh my gosh, I am forgetting his name. Uh, Obero, Obero's. Oh, uh, oh, Kurigiri, Kurigiri. Would you consider Kurigiri an upper high end then? Because he's like, I I don't want to say he's like the highest level of intelligence, but like he kind of is for what we've seen from Nomu. He's like, yeah, yeah. He also looks the most different. So is he like that, or is it because his activation is literally like years? Oh, like he's he's just been he's existed for so long that he's yeah. accrued that intelligence to basically become like a like a a person. More yeah, almost fully sentient. So yeah. I that, that's interesting. I wonder if we go back on that. And like I guess at the opposite end of it, you have Johnny and Mocha, right? What like are are they like the lower ends? Like are they just the lowest tier? No, I think they'd be considered. So they also kind of mention like the with um with uppers having 10 times the muscles of the normal person so i think what makes a upper is their muscles as well so like like raw strength yeah yeah so like the all might one so i think at best johnny and mocha would be considered middle ends but they showed a sign of intelligence with the doctor was um interested in so they can maybe turn into a high end be high end i don't necessarily have to be as muscular like they again, this is all kind of just reaching for straws here and there. <laughs> yeah, they gave yeah. us like thirty seconds to explain four types, and the only one they clarified were high ends and upper ends, and one was intelligence, one had more muscles. They mentioned nothing about the lower ends. And then they throw us for a loop with Moki actually like actively defending the doctors right so after like, that, right which after goes like, against yeah, all the rules you just gave yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, mean, like, but I guess that trying to tracks with Kuragiri though because they were breaking through with Kuragiri in Obero sort of thing, right? Like that was like, they were kind of getting that connection there. So it makes me think that the low ends may be capable of like sentience but on like a much lower scale, almost like, I don't know, like a pet level, I guess, more than a, like, than yeah. a person level, right? I, I think maybe like what they're trying to do here, like I, it kind of makes sense then, uh, where they're trying to put like um, doubts in like the like the research because like even he is kind of just like oh I wasn't expecting this this is doesn't go with what I was thinking meaning like maybe there is more that he just doesn't understand and they're trying to get that through to us meaning hey the doctor knows a lot about Nomus and created them and whatnot but like there's still this air of mystery around them and so like you don't know where they could go so like it leaves the possibility of something happening with um, Kurakiri mm-hmm. and it leaves the possibility of like other high end Nomu maybe coming back. I like that. I like that kind of the leaving it open-ended. They do that a lot. It's either because, one, they want to leave it open if they want to pull on it later, or two, they don't want to explain it all in detail because if they do, it doesn't make sense. It, yeah. It's a 50-50 <laughs> chance of which one it is, and we will not know for two seasons probably. But when we do, <laughs> yeah. we'll come back to this episode saying, hey, Dylan was right, yes, or right. we'll make it very clear when Dylan's <laughs> wrong. Always well. right. I'm always right in the end. Uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> see about that. But I think the last thing we really want to talk about is Kaminari, kind of in two sides. One, Dylan just left the note, child soldiers. And then the second half would be the shipping. So which one do we want to go with first? Shipping or child soldiers? Let's start with child soldiers. Yeah, let's let's end like on a nice uh, note. So I I think it's interesting because like he has a lot of reservation about doing this fight. And it kind of puts into context like they do this every once in a while, but it's always good to recenter ourselves of these are high school kids. Like these are high school kids who are like, you have to fight the evilest, baddest villains of all time you might die. And like, I love these scenes because it actually feels pretty as real as I guess you can get in an anime of where it's like, oh shit, I'm actually a 14 year or 15 year old kid. This kind (laughs) of sucks. 
I can't um, drive. Yeah. I just I just want to be with my friends. I, I I like how they underscore that sometimes because it really shows the differences between them and the adults, right? The adults are kind of these hardened heroes where they're kind of ready for it, right? They've lived in this world for a long time, but these students are still new and they're still learning a lot. And they bring a lot, like, to obviously to the table. Like, they're way stronger than the previous generation, which is why they're, like, bringing them in. But, like, I still like how they show that, like, maturity gap. But it's not, like, an immaturity. It's just, like, a maturity level that they, it's, they it's, can show. It's, like, life experience, right? More yes. so than, more than maturity, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I just think it... I mean, I, I kind of see where you're going from of, like, oh, yeah, they are just kind of high schoolers, but, like... These aren't normal high schoolers. Like you, like a lot of them have already done work studies where they've done this for multiple times. So like I agree, going into a war, rushing out a building is completely different than going out and doing missions. But we've seen a lot of these students already go through life or death missions. The movies are theoretically canon. I mean, at this point, yeah. um, they have dealt with super villains being attacked captured all that kind of stuff there too so i i think some of it is to kind of bring it down to earth to really kind of relate to kaminari and like oh i just said in front of my friends because i couldn't say no that's a very common thing a lot of people can relate to but still being scared on the inside so i think a lot of it is that this was all added in too i think there was some scenes of kaminari being scared but they added in a lot more conversation there with the midnight um yeah. so i think a bit of it just kind of making more relatable flushing some out um but these are people that are signing up for a workforce that you know probably has the highest mortality rate in the world. Like, they're not going into this as a cook and now being recruited to fight in a war. Like, no, they're going to do this as a profession one day. So I view it a little different than a child soldier that usually isn't doing it by uh, want. This is something that they're just not quite ready for, but this is a path that they've chosen, and they're just being called a little earlier than they'd expected to be. I'm seeing some crazy parallels between this and Gundam. We, you're, yeah. we're, we're one step off, dude. We just need mechs, and that's it. Get I mean, we just, we just need to make politics bigger thing, which they have talked about in this episode as well. <laughs> yeah. They talked yeah, about how the Metal about Liberation wants to <laughs> use these two people to take over the political sphere of Japan. Like, we're a step away from Gundam series and making some robots to fight against the villains, and I am on board with that. I think that would be a great crossover. Where is the mech hero? Yeah, we, yeah, actually, good question. Where? Wait, why haven't we not uh, had like somebody who has a well, mech? Well, power loader. Are... Uh, that's not a mech. That's not it's... a mech. That that that's a mechanical assistant. That is not a mech. Yeah, I would, yeah, he's not he's not shooting anybody with that thing, man. Like, I need I need some goddamn. We need like... the principal in a mech. Yeah, now, that would be that would be that, that would be. So good. I'm in a crane. That's close enough, right? <laughs> he was he was pretty destructive in that yeah. crane. Yeah. How, how how many Gundams have died recently? I feel like a crane could take out a lot of them, surprisingly. Um, but I think okay. So the other end of that, unless there's anything else you two want to add on to that conversation, is kind of I think the first kind of confirmed ship in the entire show. I mean, it's, I think we've seen moments here and there, but we had a flashback about how great of a guy Kaminari is. But the thing that you care most about in your heart, and it goes up to Jiro. Like, I like, think it's not a confirmed <laughs> ship, but like, it's like, okay, we're not beating around the bush anymore. These two clearly have very strong feelings towards each other. Maybe something one day in a time jump for after 20 years, these two will be together. Yeah, I think it's, it, I think that is really what seals yes, the deal, both though. Live. If it was, they both live, yeah. Um, is the it's not like like when he does have that like that moment of like what he feels in his heart and it's not 
his classmates, it's specifically Jiro. That I think is the closest confirmation we have. As well on the flip side too, where like Jiro's not even really worried about Tokoyami, maybe just because it's Tokoyami, but like it's it's specifically Kaminari, right? So I think this is more confirmed than Uraraka and Deku, where they've really just kind of like tiptoed around that. Well, no, 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 no. They're they, the same they had, level, a, speci in they had ways. a specific scene of where she was like, I need to push down my feelings. Yep. I, yeah, I mean, okay, so like if you're pushing down the feelings, does that. That, that, that means like, you that means you have feelings at least though. that's why it's like, I mean that's like that's like taking the ship and being like oh we recognize the ship might be there we're going to get rid of it like no it's, it'll, come, it'll come back later I don't and I mean obviously Deku likes uh, Ochako because he's talked to three girls in his entire life and one of them being yeah. his mom so he doesn't have a very big pool to select from so Ochako's <laughs> going to be the one so we all we already know that's going to happen whether we like it or not so that and, ship is more than confirmed. He's, he's old fashioned, dude. He just. Oh my god, our guy's not pulling, man. He's not pulling at all. Like, I just think to kind of come back on that, I think they're doing kind of they're giving people what they want. I think we are getting questions answered. We're getting combat. We're getting relationships kind of tying back to a shift between characters. We're getting um, little moments with heroes we haven't seen before, like Midnight even talking here. So Mentos doing something cool. I think they are hitting the nail on the head that a lot of people have complained about with my hero between shipping between combat um animation now looking good between pacing being bad i think so far season six they have done everything exactly how i'd want it to be as someone that's read it and still had incredibly high hopes for this season i think it's meeting expectations and i think this could be a season that kind of brings my hero back from the dead at least on the animation side i think season five threw away a lot of people and i think this is going to do a great job of bringing my hero back to one of the top animes if they continue to nail this week after week, kind of like how Demon Slayer has week after week of episodes, no bad episodes. If my hero can do that, I think it'll bring a lot of people back to the show. Yeah, I think I think last season was definitely a season for the fans, meaning that it didn't have like wide uh, appeal, I would say, but like we liked it. Like we liked the yeah. content of that season. Yeah. And so like, I think this is like you were saying, Andrew, I think this is the one that like not only speaks to us as fans, but has potential to grow out and get like the mainstream audience, right? I, I think that is the, the real difference. Cause like for us, it's getting, it never was like dead in the aspect of unwatchable because yeah. we still like that. Like we still like the show in, in that state, but this is just taking it to a completely another level. Yeah, and I think a big thing too is it doesn't feel like pandering to the fans. Like it's not like we're not, we're yeah, we're getting everything we want, but we're not getting it to the point where we're like, okay, this is like, this is clearly just like, fan service but not in the same scale like same scale like it is just it's just proper execution right i think and i think that's a big thing yeah and this i think this will be the first season in what feels like forever will there are gonna be so many clippable moments that people outside of it will enjoy i mean i think two moments like in naruto where there's um the tournament or the great ninja war there are so many moments there that you still see years later just being passed around people are like these are hype moments i think there's going to have those moments here which I think always helps bring, and even though My Hero is very mainstream, it brings it back into the mainstream because right now people aren't seeing clips of it, aren't seeing people talk about it daily. People are going to kind of lose it. So I think that'll help a lot too, that on a social media kind of outside of the actual anime side, that it's going to be clippable, which I think will help a ton. I will say the one thing it does have having, it has going against it though, this, this season is stacked, stacked with tons of really good anime. So like, 
yeah. we might not hear as much immediately and that's just because like you're going up against some real real big hitters here like mob psycho and chainsaw man like insane stuff airing this fall season yeah it Both was like, number four too, like like yeah, on Crunchyroll yeah, was, and Mal, it was like number four right now, and that's without Bleach, Blue Lock. Um, well, I'm, I mean, what uh, Chainsaw Man, Man hasn't started. Chainsaw At Man, least three yeah. of the other ones that the people are most excited about haven't even yeah. aired yet, and there'll always be another Black Horse or two coming out of nowhere. Um, so I, I do agree. I think that'd be something, but again, I feel like a lot of those shows um aren't as mainstream as some. I don't think Chainsaw Man will ever be as mainstream as my hero academia yeah i think it's just a, that's just a shonen so i think there's a little bit yeah. of mix to that but all right let's move into the plus ultra after that kind of higher end my hero <laughs> conversation that we don't have too much um dylan i'll let you go first i had james go first last week and i never like leading so what do you got yeah i don't i don't have a hot take with this one it's miracle yeah. it's miracle obviously she rocks she's the best goaded i love her i'm gonna marry that rabbit God. James, I I, uh, I want to give it to Mirko, but I want to give it to Kaminari. I think Kaminari over like having that big major character, like not character flaw, but like he's definitely one of the least confident people in the class. To have do that last like thirty seconds of the episode of him just standing with his hand up, looking That's like a fat ad, the shot. Oh, dude, I like I I was getting I was getting a little choked up. I was getting a little choked up for my boys. So I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I got to give it to Kaminari. Mirko, close second. As much as I love Mirko, I have to give it Kaminari too because I felt a little bit of that like yeah. sad energy building up. I'm like, I'm not definitely not close to crying, but I'm like, I am feeling something here, which I love when those moments happen there. That's exactly how I still feel when I watch the Endeavor moment at the end of season four. Um, that is yeah. exactly how I feel. That's one of my favorite parts of anime are. And I know both of you gave me a weird look earlier. I apologize. I know it is Dark Horse. I am just making shit up on the top of my head. <laughs> You're two laughing, so I apologize for misspeaking on that. Because I know you two are going to ring me a new one after the episode. So clarifying that, but it's two votes Kaminari, one vote Miracle for the overall plus ultra awards. Well, so far, so far, though I think those are the only two besides the director of the actual show getting it. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Obviously, we have a ton more characters to come in. I think, well, I don't know how much we'll see more we'll see of Kaminari, but Miracle will probably get a couple more votes just because Dylan's on this podcast. So yeah, it'll always That's right. happen. But with that, I think that is going to be all we have to talk about this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We will, of course, be back next week for episode three of season six and continue on for the rest of the season. And be on the lookout for Mondays if you want a short, meme-filled recap of the episode that Dylan puts out every single week. You can find that again on youtube.com slash class 1A. Thank you all for coming to this week's class, and we will see you all later. <laughs>